Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Always love talking baseball with my next guest. And, and usually it's about what happened in the game, the way a team's trending, a managerial move, some guy who's on fire, some guy who's struggling, who should be called up from the minors. I long for those days. <laughs> but unfortunately, that's not the world we're living in right now. And if you didn't hear, the latest offer was shot down by the Players Association. There is no counterproposal, and they're basically saying to Major League Baseball, hey, let us know when we're playing this this shortened 50-game season that you're going to you know strong-arm us with. Just let us know so we can get ready and so we can file a grievance against this. Fun stuff. But joining us right now from the Philadelphia Inquirer's covered the game of baseball for a very long time. You can follow him on Twitter as well, at BrookeOB. It is Bob Brooke over Bob welcome to the show man how you doing hey Rob how's it going Bob I'm good I, and and I, you know I just gave you the the the, the build-up to kind of where we are right now but let me just ask you this before we get into the real particulars of this thing as a guy who has covered the game for a long time just tell me where you just how you're feeling right now about what's transpired over the last say month or so and and where we are right now with the game itself it's a really, really sad situation, Rob. And it, it, it's it's taken me back to you know I was about seven years into the beat when the, maybe eight years even when the ninety four ninety five strike hit, um, and that was about as ugly as it gets. In fact, in spring training this year, I I sat down with Larry Bowen and talked about um, you know what's worse, this Houston Astros cheating scandal or the um, 94-95, because to me, 94-90, losing the World Series is worse than having a team cheat to me. That's the worst thing I can ever remember. If they, you know, if this ends up not, if these guys end up not playing under the the current climate of our country because of money, um, this is going to be worse than that in my mind. Yeah, Bob, I'm trying That's to figure I'm, out how, how does either side, I mean, look, I'm, I'm certainly much more on the player side with this, but how do either side if and when they come back, and, and we'll get into that in one second, but you know, I'm, the most basic question is what's going on with our society in terms of the pandemic and unemployment and people struggling financially? How do you justify any of this? Like, what, what, the, what do you think the response would be from these guys? Well, you know, it, 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 it took me back to, to, again, to 95 when they did come back and how it was ugly at Paul Park. People, you know, the whole generation has gone by that, that doesn't remember 1995 right. when the players came back. You know, they, the, at Shea Stadium, they were throwing money at the players, dollar bills, and they threw $150 bills at the players. Uh, it's a wow. remarkable thing, not that violent. They were paying for banners to fly over the bubble. They were giving tickets away for a dollar piece in places, and they still drew 20% less people that season than they had. I mean, 
the year before they had averaged 31,000, even with the threat of a strike looming, 31,000 was the most they've ever drew in a season. And that year they drew 25,000. And I think that was inflated. And we're talking about discounts out the wazoo all year because they, you know, they, they were just doing anything they could to get the fans. It's like, and there are people, especially on the ownership side, that have to remember that. Uh, the, the players are too young to remember that. They're, you know, um, but the the ownership should be remembering how ugly that got right now, uh, and they don't seem to be. They don't. They don't. I'm I'm with you. I'm more on the player side. I think the players do need to give some here. Uh, in, in in some ways, it would be a great public relations ploy for the players to say, you know, we'll take your latest offer. Uh, please don't forget this though. In, in two years, when our CBA is up, that we were the ones who gave in to you right now. Now let's start negotiation because the people are on our side because we were the ones who ended this this uh, mess at a time where there shouldn't be a mess. Yeah, and, and, and I, what happens, Bob, with all this back and forth is sometimes things get lost in the sauce. So l- let's kind of walk through it because I know sometimes it's confusing the fans, and, and quite frankly, fans don't want to just be inundated with the with the financials and all the other stuff. It, you know, y- you watch sports because you like sports. You don't want to hear about all, all the economics. But the way that this thing worked back in March when they came to this agreement, I guess the loophole, if you will, from the owners was if there aren't fans in the stands, this thing doesn't necessarily hold up exactly the way it is. And the, and the play is that, is that kind of the, if you would say the sticking yeah, point, the crux of this, feel like they said, if there's no fans, we've got to revisit this, you know, we'll give you your prorated salaries as long as there's fans. And the, the, the player, the union's take is no, no, no. You said we would get prorated salaries, you know, and now we're, now we're talking about, you know, I, I think some people might get confused about why is one side coming with a high, why why are the players coming with a higher number and the owners coming with a lower number because the owners only want to pay these reduced uh, amount of this reduced number from that doesn't isn't, isn't prorated and so if they say 50 games yeah we'll pay your prorated salaries we'll pay for 50 games you know so but then we're not going to pay for 100 games you know so that's. That's basically where things stand in that regard. So, what's the next step? The next, from, from what we're hearing, in, in, in you know, the, the players shot down the latest proposal. They basically said, "All right, just tell us what it's going to be here," because they know what's coming down the line. Then, will they file a grievance to to hold this thing up, or are we staring at a fifty game season? Like, what? How does this work procedurally with between these? Well, two? then, and then the, 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 the ML, MLB did fire back last night, saying, mm-hmm. "You know, we're, we've." To, to paraphrase the, the statement they made was, you know, too bad we've tried to negotiate in good faith with you guys, and you're not negotiating in good faith with us. And it, the last line of it is, we will evaluate the union's refusal to adhere to the terms of the March agreement, and after consulting with ownership, determine the best course of, to bring baseball back to our fans. You know, if I'm a betting man, yeah, we're looking at a 50-game season right now, and no expanded playoffs, and a, you know, and if that can happen, if courts don't get involved and we get a grievance. Uh, that even prevents that 50-game season from happening. And just to, to add this into the mix, you know, two things had two things in the mix. And amidst all that yesterday, we get the news that the owners have agreed to a $1 billion deal with TBS right. uh, that, that really just infuriated the players. Um, but they, then we also have the news that a pitching coach, an unnamed pitching coach and a player on a 40-man roster got coronavirus which so we're either looking at a 50 game season here or maybe maybe the way out of this for both sides is to say you know what the coronavirus it's still around we fear too much the 
coronavirus coming back, uh, which you're starting to get fears of that in the NBA, I guess, a mm-hmm. little bit too. Uh, we, we we can't do this. We'll, we'll get we'll come back to this next season. And that must, as, as sad as that sounds, that might be the best scenario for both sides right now. Wow, man, that is unbelievable. Let's go with the former uh, before we get to the latter. Of they, they may just shut it down completely because of health issues, which is that's real, as opposed to just being bludgeoned over the head with the money situation. But how do you view it, Bob, if we get 50 games? I mean, you're talking about less than a third of what a season looks like. I mean, for whatever the NBA and NHL, if they do come back, you know, with amid the health concerns, I mean, they will have played 70 some odd games of an 82 game season. I, you know, as brutal as it is, that there was a four month shutdown. At least it's somewhat of what it, you know, would have been. This is nothing. I mean, how do you view this thing and how, how different is the game going to be? Well, I think, I think you're getting um, a little bit of excitement generated too, because you're going pretty much right into the postseason with those other two sports. Uh, and the one thing that baseball had going for it, if, if these two sides could agree is this expanded postseason. And I think, that's going to excite people from the standpoint of, you know, 16 of the 30 teams, 16 of the 30 cities are going to have something, a postseason to look for. And I think, I mean, I think that's the direction we're going anyway. I don't know if it'll be 16, but there's going to be at least 14 in the future. Um, you know, that was something to look forward to for fans in a lot of cities. Without that, you're, you're coming back to play a 50-game season. I think you've just really alienated a lot of people. I, I don't see baseball generating the excitement that it once did. And, it, you know, the other important thing to remember here is for three straight seasons, attendance has been down um, in baseball. And it's fallen below the thirty average 30,000 per game that it, it took forever to get, get above and stayed above. So, I mean, baseball has a lot of problems, and they're just creating more for themselves. Yeah, I guess that's a question. We're speaking with Bob Brookover of the Philadelphia Inquirer, Inquirer.com. So, Bob, the question I have is for a sport that's already, uh, to some extent, waning in interest, it's become much more of a regionalized sport than a national sport, even though we are seeing you know, that, that Turner deal, which is monstrous, the extension. Um, you know, it, It's not like they have the same footing as the NFL, which, quite frankly, could maybe get away with some of this, this ugly posturing you know, with both sides because the sport's so beloved and has become the number one sport. Like, how much danger is baseball in here if there isn't a season or there is a 50-game season and, and people just don't accept it? And Like, what is this looking like going forward for the sport? Well, like, as I wrote in my column today, it took a long time for baseball to come back. from, And they had the benefit of a, it was an artificial home run race um, to get interest uh, generated again. They're not going to have that. Um, you know, they've been trying to figure out ways to, to – to speed up the game, and the game took longer, three hours and ten minutes, games took longer than ever last year, uh, despite those efforts. Um, I, don't, I don't know, Rob. I, I really don't know where, where baseball is headed, but it, it's not headed in the right direction right now. I know that. Well, I mean, Rob Manfred was a guy, like, obviously Roger Goodell has been vilified for a long time. There's no question about that. Adam Silver, I think people feel pretty good about, and Gary Bettman's been crushed most of his career as the NHL commissioner, but Manfred, I think to an extent, at least before this, before this, before the cheating scandal with the Astros, had been sort of flying under the radar a little bit. Um, I, I think he's been really exposed in in terms of a you know leadership and lack thereof o- over the last year or so. I, I mean, where is he going to rank here? Is from a commissioner standpoint? You know, right now he just looks like a guy who wants to get 
everything the owners want. Um, you know, he wants to negotiate the 2021 deal right now, which just seems foolish to me. Uh, why, why butt heads before you have to? But he seems like he's not very flexible in these negotiations. The ownerships can say whatever they want. It does not look like they've been very flexible in these negotiations. Um, you know, to me, as I just said, the players could do that and have a, a good PR thing. The owners could do the same thing and and not worry about it. Like I, I go back to, you know, I'll, I'll use uh, I'll use the Phillies as an example. The, John Middleton's father, her paid I think eighteen million dollars somewhere around nineteen ninety three to get to become part of the ownership group, and they're now worth over two billion dollars. Mm. Um, so if if John Middleton and I don't I'm not saying this is the case because I think John Middleton probably wants to play. Yeah more than most owners. Uh, but if he wanted to, if, if he was really Carpenter in 1970, whatever, uh, or 1980 after they won, and he didn't like the way baseball was going to sell the team and the amount of money he's going to make up. Some people always argue the operating cost, the operating cost. That's fine. Yes. They're not, it's not the same, but the money's very real when you sell the team. So if you're an owner who's made a lot of his team value has increased the way the Phillies has for the Middletons, um, you know, sell your team, get out. Somebody's, you know, the Yankees, $10 million they were bought for in 1973. They're worth $5 billion right now. I bet you could sell them for $6 billion. You know, if the, the Steinbrenners weren't happy anymore, get out. That money's very real. You know, somebody's going to buy that team. So they have that going for them that the players don't. They're, they have a very limited, you know, this doesn't apply to, to the big ticket players, but there's a lot of players, the majority of them, have a very small window to make their money. And I feel bad for a lot of them because this year, taken away from them you know there's some guys this this might have been their peak earning year and their peak might have been 1.5 million dollars now that's a lot of money yes sure but it's you know it's not that's not money that you can have that's going to allow you to not never work again you know what i mean yeah, we, we assume everybody's Bryce Harper. That That's not right. the case. You know, for guys who are right. making league minimum and who, who may only play, uh, have a three-year, four-year major league career, it's, it's a much right. different story. That's for sure. And not to mention, you know, the damage this has done to guys who are sort of uh, borderline minor league players. What I mean by that is maybe a guy who's, I don't know, 25, 26 years old in AA, hoping to finally, you know, scratch that, that, that surface and get to the big leagues. Like, those guys may be done. This may be just the the good, goodbye yeah, at the end and, of a career. I mean, there, there's so many layers of that. I mean, you just went through, you just had your a draft class, which was five rounds, which is a, another whole story and stuff. But, you know, the, the young players who were drafted last year and this year aren't going to get the development time. You know, I, I assume, you know, from people I've talked to, they're going to try to like have their instructional league and maybe a fall league in Florida too, like the Arizona fall league and a Florida fall league. But it's not going to be the same as developing, you know, every day, being able to get out there right after you've been signed and start your development process or even playing with the team. It's not the same. I mean, it, that, there's so many layers of this whole thing that are just a disaster. But So I guess the question I would have, Bob, is we, we see the big Turner deal, that extension that the I think the New York Post reported first yesterday. We see that, right? And we, you just mentioned – how much just unbelievable growth in terms of what you know what was paid versus what they could unload it for if they sold these teams. At, at what point does the bubble burst? At what point do do things? I, I I'm not going to say come back to normal, whatever normal is. I don't mean that, but does it ever get back to the point where it seems like every sport it just salaries go up and everything just goes up, 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 up? Does it? Are we ever going to get to the point where this stuff starts to come back the other way? 
with everything that's going on? You know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I I would love to. I wish Forbes had kept records. Forbes apparently started valuing franchises of, at, at all sports, all professional sports, in about uh, in 1998. Because I was doing some things the other day, um, and there has been no bubble for the valuation of those franchises. They've just gone up and up and up. And salaries, in turn, which they should, have gone up and up and up. Um, uh, yeah, I kind of think there's a bubble somewhere, but I, you know, it, it hasn't happened in my lifetime. You know, it, it, the amount of player salaries is going up uh, doesn't really equate to the way uh, I, can, I can I can attest to the way newspaper salaries have gone up, uh, or or <laughs> yeah. anybody else in the in the real world. Yep. Um, so, you know, yeah, I think at some point, if you especially if you do what baseball is doing right now, you're going to turn people off so much that it's impossible for it to keep going up and up and up. It's amazing. Uh, well, let, let me sneak in a, just for a second. God forbid we digress off of you know billionaires and millionaires just spewing greed. But the draft, I know it was only five rounds and it was very finite, but Phillies take a high school pitcher in the first round who throws hard, who has four pitches, a two-seamer, a four-seamer, and he's got a, he's got a slider as well to go with that fastball, which tops out around 94, 97. Um, in addition, they, they grab a shortstop out of Arkansas. What, what did you think in general about the – about the direction that they went draft-wise? It, it, it was interesting, especially the, the third-round pick, um, who a lot of people think might have been a first-round talent, uh, but his numbers, especially his strikeout numbers, were so bad. Uh, his sophomore and junior season, you know, abbreviated junior season at Arkansas, uh, that it, scared, it seemed like it scared a lot of people off. Uh, now, supposedly he had ham, hamate surgery, too. Um, and, and um, Brian Barber says that was part of his. Oh, he's got to get hamate surgery. The the I, old I Dave Hollins so, yeah. injury. Wow. Okay. Yes. Uh, so he was he was adjusting to that this year. Um, so you know, we'll see. It's always the draft is always a we'll see proposition. Um, so, but um, it's an interesting pick. I mean, they went. They went for a guy who may have the talent of a first-round pick and got him in the third round. See how he develops. Um, you know, the people I talked to about Nick Abel, the first-round pick was that he was definitely uh, the best high school pitcher on the board. Um, so, again, but again, it, you know, it, it, the Phillies have drafted first more, not not that many first. They've done a lot of um, compens, com, compensatory tip picks mm-hmm. in that first round uh, with high school pitchers and they have not paid off, but it's, it's always that risk of, you know, these guys haven't thrown a lot of innings. They got to get used to pro ball. They got to mature as, as, as people. So we'll see what happens with Mick Abel, but from a talent standpoint, it sure sounds like they got a very talented uh, pitcher in Mick Abel. Yeah. I think some teams took the approach. You may be ones who, I don't know. I mean, it depends how you view it, but some took the approach of, getting the established three-year college pitcher who may not meet, need as much grooming in the minors, you know, if, if in fact you're in some playoff run, they could come up and help you. I thought that was kind of interesting in the first round. You saw some teams doing that. No, and, you know, that, and that's not something that, – that's another byproduct of just things being so different, yes, that you, you, you might be able to do that. You, this kid is really good enough to throw right now. Now you got to get him into shape and, and all that, but – 
Um, it, it, that would be very fascinating to see if, if, if one of those kids ends up helping somebody in, the, in a postseason run this season. All right, lastly, Bob, so what's your sense of how this, this works? Like, what are the machinations this week? So on Monday, uh, will the owners then say, hey, you get ready, you're playing 50 games, and then the, f- the players file agreements? Like, how do you foresee this week, starting tomorrow maybe, playing out? Yeah, I mean, I, they didn't give a date in, in their return fire yesterday the MLB didn't give a date uh, but I got to think it's fairly early this week although it doesn't necessarily have to be if it's going to be a 50 game season uh, we're talking about 50 game season it's not starting to August anyway so uh, I would I would hope I would think I mean if somehow common sense prevails that some back channels uh, communication is going on they're saying hey let's let's stop this Let's figure this out. That's what I would hope is happening as we speak. Um, that doesn't mean I'm all that optimistic. It is, but if there's going to be a 50 game season, there's no rush right now. You don't a 50 game season. You can start training in July, the middle of July, um, and by August 10th, play your 50 game season and start your playoffs. But let's hope it doesn't get to that. Oh boy, what what a mess! What an absolute mess, Bob. We we appreciate it again. Hopefully next time. We talk. It'll be it'll be about games itself, or or something, or some kind of plan. Not this stuff, but man, appreciate you giving us a couple minutes, and uh, appreciate the info to everybody. Check him out at and first off, go to uh, inquire dot com, but you can go to uh, on Twitter at Brook Ob Bob Brook Over. Thanks, man. All right, thanks, Rob. Take right, care. You got it. That's Bob Brookover from the Philadelphia Inquirer. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend it here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.